Welcome to U.S. Phenomenon, where possibilities are endless. Put down those same old headlines. It's time to expand your mind and question what if. From paranormal activity to UFOs, Bigfoot sightings, and unsolved mysteries, this is U.S. Phenomenon. From the Pacific Northwest in the shadow of the 1962 World's Fair, the Space Signal. Good evening. I'm your host, Mario Magana. This is U.S. Phenomenon. If this is your first time here, thank you for making us the number one local paranormal radio show. That's right. You can be a part of it by texting us on our studio hotline, 775 775- Nine nine zero five one five one. Everyone's like, why is it not a local number? Well, it's to pay tribute to Art Bell, the godfather of paranormal radio. Uh, that's where we get 775 out of Pahrump, Nevada. 5151 is for Area 51. Tonight, a very special guest has joined us. Someone who hasn't really shared his stories amongst those who may be electronically listening. These stories are more a boots on ground where if you're a part of a local community or you've had the opportunity to be a part of this individual's life or passing by, (laughs) you've been able to have the privilege to maybe hear some of these stories. So these stories have not made it on terrestrial radio or in a podcast of any flavor. So these stories will be exclusive to U.S. Phenomena. They haven't been anywhere yet. So we're excited to have... Our guest tonight join us uh, via the uh, U.S. Phenomenon Hotline. Uh, our guest is Bob Spelt Backwards. Bob, now, welcome to U.S. Phenomenon. God, I'm glad to be aboard, with, especially after I learned that you're uh, honoring my great, great mentor, Art Bell. I was a big fan of his. I actually talked to Art twice. <laughs> you know, I talked to Art once uh, in uh, 99 going into Y2K asking Art, yeah. Do you think I should go to Mexico? He's like, don't go, don't go. Mm-mm. And, Mm-mm. and uh, I still went. And uh, to this day, man, I, I was uh, been a huge fan. Still listen to some of the stuff that's available. You can find art. Mm-hmm. You go down one of those rabbit holes and you can hear Hard Bell almost yeah. anywhere these days. YouTube. Uh, also, I will tell you, I was in Barstow on my bus uh, excursions, uh, delivering troops to Fort Irwin when I learned of his death and, uh, at my hotel in Barstow. I went on YouTube and actually picked up two old interviews with George Carlin and oh. Leonard Nimoy. Two, oh. two wonderful interviews. I wish. Yeah. Thank goodness for YouTube and other venues that bring back this stuff to hear his voice still out there, you know, but Yeah. I highly recommend those two interviews, especially Carlin and Nimoy. Wonderful. Great interviews. Uh, Tonight, we're going to discuss some of the things that may be what I've heard from ufologists and other uh, cryptozoologists that the Northwest is the home for the most paranormal activity, UFOs, Bigfoot sightings, crypto, uh, you know, sightings of all kinds. But for you, who someone who has traveled and been around, uh, Bob, mm-hmm. Bob, how do some of these stories, because it's not like you're in a, well, this is not true, but like I've gone to bars and, and yeah. typically when I've gone to a bar, somehow it has to get brought up like, oh, you're the guy that does the paranormal radio show. And then mm-hmm. that's how it opens up the, the uh, we'll call it the can of worms or the stories then become predominantly 
shared at that point in time. Yeah. So yeah. in your travels and amongst all the things, I would say that you may be the ambassador for most of these stories that have been shared with you and maybe haven't been shared with others, but those that you are able to share with, can you give mm -hmm. some insight on what everyone believes to be Sasquatch, Bigfoot? Uh, I mean, we've had so many different uh, people from uh, Ron Moorhead to Tom Seawood who have, uh, you know, blessed or been a, a part of this radio show and experience. Mm -hmm. Now, your encounters and just your travels, Bob, can you share maybe some of your stories with us tonight? Sure will. Yeah. What? So first, uh, let me tell you, um, <clears throat> when you talk about the Northwest and the crypto and the UFO and the Bigfoot uh, phenomena, I, my last, um, let's say career post, I was a tour bus operator, motor coach operator, bus driver. I'm all over the West. And lately my last assignment before retirement here, November 1st was I was doing the Columbia river Lewis and Clark tours affiliated with the boat cruises. Mm -hmm. So they'd, uh, passengers would board the bus to do the shore X we call them or Shore excursions, we went to Mount St. Helens, we did Cape Disappointment, Multnomah Falls, that kind of stuff. So on a seven-day basis, I'm getting to know people on a first-name basis. And right off the bat, I tell them they're not going to only hear about Lewis and Clark. They're going to hear about D.B. Cooper. They're going to hear about Bigfoot, Sasquatch, all the Northwest legends. And by week's end, these people are buying me souvenirs of Bigfoot and all that. You know, they get uh, more in tune realizing that, yeah, there's definitely something of a presence out here. Uh, Mario, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but the way I would start out my spiel with each uh, group, Washington State is on record for seeing Bigfoot and UFOs before any other state in the union. This is fact. And then I would add, and this is before we legalized marijuana. <laughs> so, <laughs> so true. I would get their response just like you just did. That's their response. So I know I got them as an audience. They're listening to me on the wireless mic on the bus as I'm traveling down the road. And then I go into the spiel where my wife and I had an encounter in 1987 up at Lake Wenatchee, Glacier View Campground. Believe it or not, it's on record with the Wenatchee World newspaper. It's published May 18, 1987, a local front page of the newspaper. And uh, I found this out because I had a call from the U S forest service on a uh, Monday when I came back uh, from work and they're telling me to get a hold of Wenatchee world newspaper to let them know that I saw a bear of which I quickly called the U S forest service to let them know I've seen five bear in the wild. I know what I saw. I know what I heard. And being from the Northwest, I, I'm not going to be pulled away and thrown into the apron of bear sighting. And what was great is at the end of the article, published at the Wenatchee World newspaper, it said for many years there have been sightings in the same area of Bigfoot. So I'm not the only one to report a sighting in the same area. Glacier View Campground, south side of Lake uh, Wenatchee. Um, but earlier, my real uh, belief came from our next-door neighbor, who happened to be our woodshop teacher at Queen Anne High School in Seattle. And... One day in Woodshop, I'm talking to classmates about a Bigfoot documentary that's going to air on TV, and this is in 1977. The Woodshop teacher, Carl Fulkerson, who's now deceased, retired in Wenatchee, uh, he pulls me in his office and he says, what are you talking about? I said, Bigfoot. And he sits down in his chair, Mario, and goes on to describe an encounter that he and his family 
three children, all college graduates, two retired teachers of the three. One is still uh, employed in downtown Seattle with the uh, convention bureau. And as he's describing this sighting, it's almost the way I define him in appearance as if he just saw it yesterday. And this sighting had been 11 years before in 1966, a year before the famous Patterson movie ah. at Indian flat, Indian flat area up off of highway 410 Chinook pass. And they had a cabin and at this cabin, they had a local dump in the area where they would take the car down with the kids and go down and watch the bears viewing going through the garbage and they came back and he described even in detail his uh, station wagon, which I remember growing up in the neighborhood, seeing that station wagon, the dog, they had a golden lab uh, ginger who was in front of the car, apparently leading the car down one of the two ways into their cabin. And in the darkness with high beams on that car, they see this creature standing between two trees just off from their cabin, which they've never seen before. And it's a stare off. And the dog gets scared and goes to the back of the car, surrendering. And yeah. for a brief moment, they, they're they just having a stare down. These people looking out of their station wagon at this thing looking down at them, and it turns around in the darkness and disappears. They were so freaked out, they didn't stay in the cabin that night, and they drove back to Seattle. They ended up selling that cabin to a gym, gym teacher, Mr. Putnam up at Queen Anne, who showed up at their 50th anniversary at Seattle Show Show Club, which I happened to attend with my wife and other neighbors and whatnot. And the gym teacher actually crashed the party dressed as a gorilla, making a spoof that in all the years that he owned the cabin, he never saw Bigfoot. But to add to that sighting, there was a, a U.S. Forest Service ranger who had seen the same beast during the same week up there at Indian Flat area of Highway 410. And at the end of the uh, ceremony, I happened to notice on the back wall of this room that they had rented for the anniversary were newspaper articles about the various sightings of that week up there. So it was really cool. And at one point I went to Wenatchee and found my woodshop teacher retired with his wife, Lorraine, and his wife presented me a binder with all the articles and everything relating to their sighting, including a description that he drew himself. And the unique thing, Mario, out of all the sightings that have been reported to me over the years, only three times have I had a description of a Bigfoot with a canine appearance that is a pronounced uh, nose feature sticking out pronounced not the primate face that we're typically seeing on the drawings or videos or pictures so that's taken me off course a couple times uh, just because one of the sightings that was given to me of the same depiction with the canine was from a Native American and I will tell you uh, in the Northwest, all 40 Native American tribes have belief in this creature, and they look to this creature as a steward of the planet. They worship it, right. and they are very upset at how the white man has commercialized this creature and, you know, for the fact that they make light of what they believe is somebody of, you know, importance to the planet. And I get it every time when I approach people, promote Bigfoot, why haven't we found bones? Why haven't we found evidence? I had the opportunity to meet a medical examiner in my bus world who became a bus driver who told me, Bob, if you're to dump a human body in the woods in two weeks, that body could be completely removed because of weather, because of insects and animals. Wow. It's some of these bodies that have been dumped out in the woods that people don't dump them in places that obviously see that kind of an impact. But that is one of the theories 
Uh, I totally believe they are tied in with alien. I've had 30% of these sightings that I believe to tie in. And I'll give you an example. One of the women on my bus telling me as a mother, she had a seven-year-old son with her traveling down Highway 97 from OMAC. I have been throughout the Northwest. I know the terrain of most of these areas. I know over there is mostly sagebrush, open plateau, coulee rock, uh, coulee. Yeah. And they noticed this creature crossing the highway in daylight. As they approached the point of crossing, they both look off to the left to the field east direction, and they both see a straight line. Neither say anything to each other until about a mile after their sighting of the creature. And the son looks at the mom and said, did you just see what I saw? And she said, what was it? And they left not knowing what they saw. They believe what they saw originally crossing the road. What they saw out in the field, they couldn't describe. And I said, I've had many times where this imagery changes into something you can't define or have any definition of. So I leave it at that. I, I, I leave their eyewitness account and detail as another way to describe what you potentially might encounter if you see these things. It's inter- um, before you, because uh, I, I, I always, for me, and, and I'm, I get so excited about this, when I think of Bigfoot, and I, I know a lot of people think this as well, I, I, I'm a Bigfoot fan. I would say maybe for me, because I've heard both stories, I, yeah. I, I want to believe that Bigfoot is indigenous to the planet. But I've also yeah. heard that it could be it could be not from this planet as well, having that clothing, being able to vanish. Um, so, yeah. 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 So here's another illustration. Okay, so with my tour bus, I get charters of all kinds. Uh, last year, I actually did a group, Exxon Mobil scientists from Texas, on the Oregon coast for five days. They're studying outcrops. Outcrops are what you see off the highway of exposed rock. They're up here trying to define the history and what makes up this rock. You know, not to so much find oil in the Oregon coast, that kind of thing. But as soon as I got wind that they're from Texas, we get familiar with each other on the bus at points of crossing. And I say, can anybody explain to me anything recent about the Chupacabra or the Goatman of Texas? Hmm. And right away, their lead scientist said, Bob, what is it with all of you people that live out of Texas telling us about a Goatman we of Texas population have never heard of? And I said, it's like our Ogopogo, the Okanagan uh, theory that we have a Loch Ness similar creature in Washington state, the skunk ape in Florida. Every state of the union seems to have something of a descriptive myth monster or creature. And in Texas, you happen to have two, you have the Chupacabra and you have the goat man of Texas. So in that five days, we're on the coast doing our tour. And at one point we stop at a uh, park that happened to be hosted by us forest service rangers. And I happen to notice these three uniformed ladies coming out of the forest station and I yell back to him as the scientists and I are proceeding down to the beach for lunch. I, I turn back and I said, I've paid for the bus parking. Can either of you tell me anything new about the creature in the woods? And without hesitation, one of the three rangers said, we're not allowed to talk about that. And those government scientists whipped their heads back at me, smiling as if to say, <laughs> the government just acknowledged that Bigfoot exists. <laughs> so that made their trip. But I am on the, uh, a path of what, and I'm, I'm glad you bring this up. You've heard stories brought up. I am kind of a vent 
for people to know that I won't laugh at their sightings once they tell me. Now, one thing that's unique about Art Bell, when I was listening to him as a Teamster back in the days of when I was employed with Consolidated Freightways in Seattle, all the Teamsters were tuned into that guy. And he would make weekly calls, if not daily, to Seattle because we had the Bigfoot hotline, an 800 number for all places in the U.S. to call with sightings, and also the UFO hotline. Were you aware of that? Yeah, I've, I've tried to get Davenport to come on the show, but I think he's uh, loyal to uh, uh, C2C. Okay. Well, so. I got a call from Cliff Crook once they got wind of my sighting at the Wenatchee World newspaper, and he's with the Bigfoot hotline at that time in Bothell, Washington. I don't believe the line is still active today because most of the people that talk to me about their encounters, they have no idea who to report sightings to besides BFRO. I'm very familiar with that agency, right. Moneymaker and all. Um, but he called me to ask if I would be interested in doing my sighting on the show, which was on Fox uh, Network TV, called Sightings. And he went on to tell me that the producer of that show was Henry Winkler or Fonzie. I don't know if you're aware yes. of Fonzie having yes. a belief in this stuff, Okay. Well, I, I declined immediately because there had been another encounter not a week after mine in Lake Wenatchee up at Mount Baker with a family of four. A family was up looking at land, and they happened to be on this trail hiking, and as they crested, they noticed in the opening up in the air or up in the foreground this creature sitting on the trail banging rocks, looking down at them and get up and pursue them down the trail. And the husband was actually able to manage to lead the Bigfoot creature off the path and the mother and the two kids got away, and he ended up tripping in the bushes and falling off the trail, and the creature went past him and didn't find him. And uh, needless to say, they never went back and bought property up in that area. But it doesn't shock me that, you know, the more of these stories that come out, the similar pattern where I've heard of creatures banging on the rocks. Um, I will tell you, I've done five Bigfoot safaris myself, privately with people that are close to me. And here's an irony. The very first one I did was up at Silver Springs Campground on Highway 410 near Crystal Mountain. And the people knew what we were about to uh, pursue that weekend. I even actually made up waivers, not having done this stuff, but I just thought of all the stuff up here in the past, you know, just in make case. sure you bring your own supplies, yeah. that, that I'm not responsible if you trip off the trail and fall. But what was really unique, Mario, is we went to the campground and I went up to what were this couple who were hosting or managing the campground at the time. And I didn't want them stirred or afraid hearing our screams at night off the uh, highway there or the noise of the trees banging on the, you know, the branches on the trees. Right. We actually use wood bats. And I noticed the husband grinning. I said, what's funny? He said, Bob, we put a transfer in three weeks ago. Because we were up on that ridge you're talking about doing your uh, search tomorrow. And in broad daylight, he went on to tell me that a piece of firewood just missed his face. He and his wife turned back and they saw the arm of an ape throw it. And for years, they had heard many of their campers talk about sightings in that area. And they dismissed them as just bogus, you know, until that point. And needless to say, a month later, when I went back, that couple was gone. A new couple came in to manage the campground, but I didn't even go up and uh, give them any idea why the other couple had moved on. Yeah. But uh, this is off of 410, right? Off of 410, yeah. going to Crystal Mountain. Yeah. 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 That Silver Springs Campground. Yeah, what's interesting, because uh, I've actually gone up there 
uh, about a year during the pandemic. I mean, we're still in this, whatever this thing's called, but at the beginning of the pandemic, we decided to take a drive down there. We, and we got on the, on the forest service roads and the further we went up, I was like, this just does not look good. Mm-hmm. As, as we're going up the forest roads, it, 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 everything seemed to be legit until we started to come across stacked rocks that were uh, piled. Mm-hmm. Then we found, mm-hmm. we found sticks that were placed across the road. Like, so they, and they were neatly stacked. I mean, yeah. you could drive over them. But at, at yeah. this point, I was like, I, I, I told my per, the person I was with, I was like, I don't think we need to be up here. <laughs> I think we need to turn around. Something is telling us not to be up here. And you, you make me excited, uh, Mario, for the fact that you're keeping your senses aware of things. That's the first thing. Because most cases, people go up and are making noise, uh, just ignorant to what they might be involved, uh, possibly encountering. Because they're not making um, their senses really aware to where they are to the environment. It's, so it's, kudos to you for picking up on that. It's just interesting um, to see that. I know we're getting close to the bottom, yeah. bottom of the hour here, so we're going to have to take a quick, short break. Sure. When we come back, we're going to check in with Mark Christopher for his Paranormal Story of the Week. We'll continue talking with Bob, spell backwards, tell his encounters in uh, stories about what we all know as Sasquatch, Bigfoot, uh, some people like to, uh, I mean, there's so sometimes, many. Of the, oh, yeah. oh, Have you ever heard that? You've heard that. Why Bigfoot is sometimes called Sasquatch, yet he never has mind. Yeah. Yet he never. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so we'll be back. Uh, we're, we'll be back with uh, Mark Christopher's Story of the Week. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast by either going to your favorite podcasting platform, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Just Search, U.S. phenomenon, or go to our website onairmario.com. Click on the podcast link to subscribe. You're going to get exclusive content that you don't always get on the radio experience. Longer formed interviews, extended uh, questions after what we like to call after the radio experience. We'll be back. You're listening to U.S. Phenomenon. Text the Phenom Hotline, 775-990-5151. You're 
listening to U.S. Phenomenon with your host, Mario Magana.